Hi there, and welcome to Grief is My Superpower. I'm Mark Lemon, award-winning children's author, bereavement ambassador, and your host for this podcast. Each week, I'll be interviewing incredible people that get open and honest about their own experience with grief. When I was 12 years old, my dad was murdered, and my life changed forever. I try to explore with my guests if it's possible to live a happy and fulfilled life after the death of a loved one. You can find me as Mark Lemon Official on Instagram and at the Lemon Drop Books website. For this episode, I speak with YouTuber Sarah Jane Fragola. Sarah speaks to me about the death of her dad and how it shaped her outlook on life. You can find Sarah on YouTube and Instagram as Sarah Jane Fragola. Please don't forget to subscribe, rate and review wherever you are listening to this podcast. By doing this, it will help us to reach more people in need of support at a tough time. This podcast is in support of children's bereavement charity, Winston Switch. Okay, so for this episode, I am speaking to someone that I've connected with recently, and they are also affiliated with the children's bereavement charity, Winston's Wish, that uh, that I work with and that this podcast is in, in support of. And it's Sarah Jane Fragola, who is on Instagram, YouTube, and she's quite a busy lady. Um, so welcome. Thank you for having me. As we do for each episode, do you want to just give the listeners a little bit of intro as to who you are, please? Yeah, of course. Um, as you say, I am Sarah Jane Fragola. I have an Instagram, a YouTube, um, talking all about sort of mummy life and just life in general, really. Um, and then I also have a crochet channel as well. I teach people how to crochet. Um and that is Bella Coco Crochet on YouTube. So I kind of have like a double thing going on, um, which is as you say, keeping me very busy. Yeah, you sound extremely busy. But I guess we need to be at the moment, don't we? It's quite nice to be busy and be doing something. Yeah, I'm not one of those people who just can't do, um, you know, sit and do nothing. I have to be doing something. So I like to be busy, for sure. Obviously, the rationale around this podcast is to try and support children, adults through their grief. Um, Would you be able to just share with our listeners your own experience with your grief, please. Yeah, of course. So um, when I was nine, I unfortunately lost my dad, which um, it was a complete shock. I remember him dropping me off at gymnastics that day and I said goodbye to him and I basically never saw him again, which was, as you can imagine, heartbreaking. Um, He actually passed away of a heart attack um, and yeah it was just it was just a shock he was on his way to rugby actually so he was quite a fit fit guy um and as he was going on to the pitch he he collapsed and unfortunately never made it made it through before sitting down to do this podcast i read the blog post that you did for winston's wish and you were nine i was 12 yeah when my dad died and again it was it was sudden like you and it just changes your world forever, doesn't it? It really does. I mean, I think one of the hardest things, I think, is going through the rest of, of your life and, and wondering what it would have been if they were still there. 
um I don't know about you but it really hits me on you know those those big times when I when I did turn you know hit my teens and then when I left school and then when I went to college just all of these big things you you find yourself thinking about what what would life have been if they were still there it's the key moments isn't it yeah across the year as well you know like anyone out there grieving or who's who's lost um, a loved one you know it's it's the Christmas, it's the birthday. I mean, me for me specifically, it's it's this time of year because he died on the 12th of May. Oh, really? And I don't know about you if, you know, that, that day really stands out in your year. Yes, it really does. And my, my daughter was actually born on the 13th of October and my dad died on the 14th of October. Um, so that, that was a pretty hard one. You know, the day after I'd given birth to my daughter, was his anniversary so so yeah that was hard and she was her original um, due date was actually his birthday as well so his birthday was the 3rd of October um so as you can imagine he 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 died shortly after his birthday which was really sad as well how do you think it's changed your outlook on life how do you you know I mean I I know from my own experience but from you know from the day that he's not there how do you think that sort of altered your your life forever? I always say everything I do, I do for my dad. So in the hopes that I would make him proud. So I feel that every decision I make, um, everything that I achieve, because I really do have that mentality of I really want to achieve things. And I don't know if that's something psychologically from losing my dad when I was younger. I really don't know. I mean, he was quite an, an active person and a, a goal seeker as well. Um, but yeah, I, I I always say everything I do, I do for my dad. Um, and it, it, I guess it's not something that I've really sat down and properly thought about before, whether I like how much it has changed me as a person. I think as well, because I was so young, it's difficult to think whether or not I, how I would have changed. Does that make sense? Oh yeah, definitely. But um, I definitely feel that everything that I do to my core, I do in the hopes that I would have made him proud. Yes. No, I'm totally with you and I'm completely the same. And it's, it is amazing, isn't it? How when, you know, a parent dies or a loved one dies when you're so young, how, you know, it, it, it does change your perspective and the way that you view life. Definitely. I think, I think I know one thing for sure. I am, um, I love being clean and tidy, but I am a bit of a hoarder <laughs> uh, because I'm so sentimental about things. I literally have a box um, with all different things that were his. Um, his filofax, which I adore, like organising and filofaxes and things like that. And so I have his. I don't know if it stemmed from that. I even have a piece of wallpaper from my old room that when I actually took it down, it had his writing on the back of it. Um, and I've kept that. So I, I'm just so unbelievably sentimental about pretty much anything. If somebody gives me something, I keep it forever. <laughs> and um, to the disp- disappointment of my husband, because we're having to move into a new house because I've got so much stuff. <laughs> I, I, I completely understand. And actually, I mean, it's a nice topic of conversation for, you know, the, if there's any young people listening and they're, they're sort of currently going through that experience. Um, you know, for instance, yesterday we went out on a, our daily walk and 
we found, well, I didn't find, but we realized that I, I still have my dad's um, binoculars that he used to have when we used to go bird watching and stuff. And so we decided to, to take them out. And so the kids were actually quite excited and it was, it was a really nice thing to do, you know. And I haven't got a lot of things of his, but it was just quite a special moment to, to use something that I knew he used to use and for Otis, who's nine years old, to, you know, be so enthusiastic with using them, you know. I think it was, just, yeah, it was really nice. So, yeah, I completely get everything you just said about the sentimental value of those things. Yeah. And it's really special for your, for your kids as well to, to see that and use things that you, your dad would have used as well. I think that's really, really lovely. I guess another topic of conversation, which is obviously a very big one at the moment with the situation we are all going through with COVID-19 and having to stay home and all of that sort of stuff. And it has stirred up um, grief and trauma and and some difficult sort of memories for a lot of people. Have you found have you found yourself being affected through it all or or you just, you know, rolling with it and everything seems to be okay as as it stands? It's weird because generally throughout the day I'm fine and then it tends to be at night, you know, when you put the news on and you see people talking about their loved ones, it definitely does um, conjure up those feelings that you thought you'd maybe dealt with but probably haven't. <laughs> um, and, yeah, I do find myself getting quite emotional. It's just because I, I'm quite empathetic and when I can see somebody in so much pain, um, it's... I'm almost like there with them. So I do find it difficult, but I do try and, you know, keep that away from my daughter. I don't want her to be picking up on those kind of feelings because she she's she's only two and a half. She doesn't she doesn't know. Um but uh, yeah, definitely it does stir up those feelings. It's just such a tough time, isn't it? Yeah, it's a really tough time. And there's so many people out there that are suffering and going through grief as it stands, you know. It has been talked about with people grieving the the world that they once knew. You know, yeah. someone hasn't died as in a loved one, but they're grieving for for the life that's changed. Um, yeah, yeah. So it's a really difficult sort of feeling and atmosphere in the world at the moment, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. No, I I completely relate to that. You know, grieving a former life, and I think sometimes that brings um, guilt as well. People feel guilty for feeling those feelings, and they really shouldn't. They should try and embrace them and accept them and then try and work through them. Um, because I think to, to have that guilt on your shoulders is just one thing that you really don't need right now. So sort of moving on to like counselling. Now I read in your, in your blog post that you wrote for Winston's Wish and I completely uh, relate to this is that back when I was young, there wasn't really much counselling around, you know, there weren't, there weren't amazing charities like Winston's Wish available to to children to support them have you found yourself having any counseling up until now I haven't actually but it is something that I've been thinking about um over probably the last year um more so since having my daughter I've, I've found it harder to process things so um yeah I I definitely think I will do in the near future but it just wasn't I didn't even know it was a thing back then I, I didn't I don't even think my mom had counseling um it just wasn't offered and to have something like that now um is just so amazing 
so so amazing no i you know watching these programs have you seen you know with rio ferdinand and, yeah and... actually that just popped into my head and when you saw those kids talking and um how how well they were verbalizing their feelings wow it's just it gave me goose pimples and i was just crying my eyes out through that entire thing because you put yourself in the in you know in their their space of where they're in and to sit there and and, and speak so well and feel able to support an adult like they were um it was really touching but it also like you said it, it really hit home how fortunate and lucky a lot of kids are now to to have charities like that it was more than just dealing with the grief as well it was dealing with how to move on to the next part of life so you know um, two families coming together and and how to deal with that without um forgetting your loved one um because I think I've definitely found that a little bit hard at times um my mum remarried and my stepdad is absolutely amazing um he's you know been through he he got me for the tough years he got me through the teenage years <laughs> um and I I love him to bits and I always say um to him when I say stepdad I don't want you to see that as a bad thing and I don't think he doesn't but for me the, the term stepdad doesn't give him the credit that he deserves but the reason why I say that is so that people know that I have another dad does that make sense oh totally yeah because I don't ever want to forget about the memory of of my dad and my stepdad he is so good at talking about my dad and um you know I think he knows all the stories I, th I think he kind of knows him in a way because he's heard so many stories um so yeah it's it was nice to see it on that program of how they can transition into the next stages of, of their life Another thing which I like to talk about, and obviously, you know, we're, we're both parents and yeah. it's really important. I mean, for me personally, to sort of continue my dad's legacy, like you've said, um, how do you think you'll do that with your child and, and the future? At the moment, because she is still only so young, um, I actually have a fridge magnet um, of him on the fridge. And I say to her, you know, where's Grandad Jed? And she'll go on the fridge. <laughs> or she'll say, Grandad Jed in the sky. Um, so that's, she's definitely aware of, of her Grandad Jed. Um, and as she grows, I'll be showing her pictures of him. I will be telling her all the stories. Um, she's definitely got a part of his cheeky side. <laughs> um so yeah, it, like you say, it would just be involving him in as many ways as possible. Um, and I'll get that box out that I have that I hold so dearly um, and show her all of his things as well, I think. That's the great thing about those boxes, isn't it? You just yeah. you can get those bits out. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Do you know what? I was last night, Thea, she's five years old and, and she was, I mean, Otis doesn't really talk about it, but he... She was like, okay, so where was he before he died? And um, how old was he? And you could tell she was getting close to really. And I, I started to well up. And it felt, I mean, obviously, I will get to the point of telling them what happened in the circumstance when they're old enough. But yeah. um, it was really, I found it really difficult um, because sort of as parents, we get to that point of having to talk about our you know, our parents who have died. And 
yeah, it's you know how kids can kind of <laughs> they can kind of get in there yeah. when no one else can in yeah. that emotional sort of spot. Yeah, and when you're least expecting it as well. <laughs> I think it's important that we have those spontaneous moments, though, and and like you say, when it comes from children, it's just so innocent, isn't it? And they they want to understand and even though it might make us feel a little bit uncomfortable uncomfortable at that moment maybe that is actually the thing that we need because we've you know it I, I truly believe that when you talk about things and you express things that it helps you to heal moving on to you know grief is quite a taboo subject in the UK which is kind of the rationale why I wanted to start this podcast is to sort of open up the conversation let people know that there is a community out there that that is going through exactly the same thing. Um, what do you think we could do better in this country to, to open up the conversation of, of grief and, and talking about it? And I guess that kind of links into my second question in terms of schools. You know, from when we were young, um, I remember feeling very isolated, very alone. I'm not sure if you felt the same thing because there probably was a child in your class that had, had lost a parent or a loved one. But for me, I didn't know. So you you do feel quite isolated. Um, it's never really something I've I've actually thought about. Um, really, I guess because when I lived through it, that was just the norm. But I think maybe having groups uh, where people get the chance to talk about it, um, maybe even do a few lessons on on grief, because like you mentioned before, there's different types of grief. Um, you know, not necessarily grieving for a loved one, but for for different things. Um, so I, I do think there needs to be stuff um, like that in schools of how to to deal with feelings. And I think you know, like the programs that are on telly at the moment, um, opening up a little bit more. Because I did see an interview that Ricky Gervais did, um, where people were so thankful for him for for do for making that because it made them feel a little bit less alone. Um, so I think we're moving in the right direction, but I do think there is a way to go, to be honest. Okay, so moving on to, uh, we've got some questions from the children at Winston's Wish. And the first one is, how do you make yourself feel happy when you're feeling sad? I am um, a maker. I love to make things. I love to take something from scratch um, and then just end up with something at the end of it. So... I am happy when I am being creative. Um, also, music makes me happy, so I might put on um, a, a nice, happy soundtrack. Um, anything that gets me out of the headspace that I'm in, so I'll get moving. Um, I'll change if I'm, you know, sometimes when you're feeling sad, all you want to do is sit and and curl up. And I think that's fine. If you if you feel like you need a, a good cry, then go ahead and do that. I think that's just just as good. Um, I definitely don't think it's it's good to hold it in. But if you want to, if you want to, you know, make yourself happy, then for me, that's creating. Okay. The next one is: What piece of music reminds you of your dad? Is there a particular piece of music? Yeah, there's a, there is a couple actually. So um, the the main one, the one that gets me, I, I can't listen to this song because it was actually um, his funeral song. And that's Whitney Houston, I Will Always Love You. Um, within seconds of that song coming on, I get, you know, tears in my eyes and a lump in my throat. 
But um, the ones that make me happy are actually um, Queen because um, I actually had my dad's tape player uh, when they were around. (laughs) I don't think kids today will know what a tape player is. Um, But yeah, I had a tape player and that was of his and that was what was in there, um, Queen. And I used to play that over and over and over again. So Queen, all Queen songs, especially Don't Stop Me Now, remind me of my dad and make me instantly happy. Okay, next one is, how do you think your grief has shaped you? Kind of relates a little bit to the one of the first questions. but Yeah, yeah. I So I think it's, it's as I said, made me very sentimental. <laughs> um, quite, um, what's the word? I used it earlier. Empathetic to people's feelings especially when it comes to grief and loss um, and determined. It's really made me determined, I think. Okay. And what do you do to remember your dad on important days like his birthday? So I used to um, always go to his um, grave and take flowers. And I I don't do that as much anymore um, just because I feel that my dad's always all around me not necessarily at his graveside Um, and sometimes I find actually going to his graveside it makes me a bit sad and I want to remember him in a happy way so I will um, light a candle next to his photo and I might play um, his queen songs um, and talk about him as well Um, so yeah that's what I would I would tend to do. My final question which is one that I always like to end on is If you had one final conversation with your dad, what do you think you would like to say to him? Oh, that's a heavy one, isn't it? End with the heavy one. (laughs) Um, I think I would just tell him how much I loved him and how much I appreciated everything that he did for me and that I remember him so well, even though I was so young. Oh, this one's getting me a little bit. (laughs) Um, It is a difficult one. I would just tell him how much I loved him. Um, Because I think think that's all you can do, really, isn't it? Well, look, Sarah, this has been brilliant. And I'm really appreciative for you coming on and sharing your story. Um, And I always say that our grief is individual and we all deal with it in our own way. And I hope that this is a support to any child out there, any adult out there. And um, yeah, thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure.